Welcome to the podcast of School Beyond Limitations. In this podcast, you will learn how to guide your child through their school life with intention to help them find their unique essence that will allow your daughter, your son to live a fulfilled and meaningful life. Hello everyone, it's Martina Jeromin. I'm the co-founder and CEO and designer of School Beyond Limitations. And today uh, we will go into a conversation with one of our members of School Beyond Limitations, Sonia Dos Santos. Welcome Sonia to this conversation. Thank you very much, Martina. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Well, Sonia has joined us basically one and a half years ago after having gone through our um, teacher training of SBL. And uh, first and foremost, Sonia, I would like you to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Would you like to do that? <laughs> okay. So I'm a secondary high school trained mathematics teacher with some science in between. And I am Portuguese, born in Portugal, traveled a bit of Africa, studied in Johannesburg, and traveled to the UK. And I'm now currently based in the UK and uh, working for SPL. And if I can just throw in, very happy to be part of the SPL journey. Thank wow. you. Sonia, and we are happy to have you. And this is actually my. Uh, as you may have heard, uh, Sonia is a very international um, uh, woman. She's been traveling around the world and living in different countries. And I'm wondering whether you would like to sh join, uh, share with us, uh, Sonia, how did you find out about School Beyond Limitations? So I uh, left Johannesburg because I wanted in my mind to experience a first world education. And I thought that in the UK, I would come across and find first world education. And I was very disappointed at what I actually experienced in the UK in terms of teaching curriculum, structures, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, protocols. And one day I um, shared on Facebook with one of our colleagues a photo of me spending hours sticking green pens together because the students have to provide feedback in a specific color and at the school it was green. There's no budget to buy green pens, I must provide the green pens, but the thing is they immediately break the green pens. And I put something out there like, oh, my goodness, is this what my career has come to? You know, I was very disappointed. And one of the one of our team members said, if you want to make a difference, if you want to feel the difference, find out about School Beyond Limitation. Just do your own your own research. And that's exactly it. I did my own research. And the more videos I listened to, I thought, no, there has to be a catch here. Why? What is going on here? You know, this is what I've been waiting to hear. And this is what I was expecting to find in the UK. Because quite a lot of your concepts, Martina, in a small way, were offered in the schools in Johannesburg, in the private ones that I attended, not the state ones. So when I saw the, you know, and heard what was going on, I thought, now I've got to do this program. I'm not waiting. I'm climbing in. I want to know about it. And it's been an amazing journey because I've had to unlearn so many things and learn so many beautiful freeing things that we, are, we don't have in education. 
we do, it's been taken away. It really has been taken away. And I feel like I've been set free as an educator and as a professional and as a human being. Wow, uh, Sonia, this is uh, fascinating what you're saying. And I'm wondering whether you would like to share with us also the two aspects of, because you mentioned, yeah, I jumped on this uh, train, you know, and you said there was a lot of unlearning taking place yeah. and a lot of learning. Yeah. So, and you were also talking about, you know, first world education. Yeah. So what, uh, how would you define first world education? And what did you, or what, yeah, did you have to unlearn in order to jump right. on the train of first yeah. World education. For me, first world education is use what has already been discovered. Use the internet, use any resources that are already there. Use it. It's there. And put your personal aspect into it. That's for me as first world country. Um, not every child wants to know about the weather system. Not every child wants, because they can Google it in any case. Not every child wants to know about how a plant gets pollinized. But whatever they think that, that this is what they want to know, they can get into that. And as, you know, as you say, they deep dive into that. And that for me is first, uh, first world education because you use all the tools around you, you dive into it and you follow what guides you, what drives you. I think that for me is, is first world. Whereas third world or the traditional sense, it's very rigid no creative thinking allowed, follow the steps, don't think different, don't be different. And what I had to unlearn was exactly that. I had to let go of the way the curriculum dictates pace, time, etc., and follow the intuition of what the student wants, follow their thought, follow their passion, and just guide them. So for me, that has been quite an unlearning because I've always been the one to provide the path, you know, with the maths curriculum or the science, you have to do this by this date, by this time, etc. Now there's a sense of freedom that even if they don't reach their own goals, it's not a failure because it's their journey. Whereas in the traditional system, if you don't pass this test by the 10th of June, so much percent you're labeled as a weak student or as a failure, etc. So success now is also measured very differently, which I also had to unlearn. It's no longer a 50% or a 60%. It is, what would you like to do? Have you achieved it? Yes, why not? Let's put in alternative measures in, in place to help you still get there. No matter what, we, we will get there. And that has been a freeing and unloading process for me. Sonia, it sounds so nice. If you were to think of uh, your students, you know, and maybe you can uh, also share an example without mentioning names, of course. Uh, but is there a specific example where you say, okay, by allowing this, uh, you know, um, interest to unfold and going with the flow and the energy of the mm -hmm. students and also giving them a framework, they also so to say so to speak achieve their goals because you also mentioned before even if they don't achieve their goals necessarily you know then it's not a failure but uh, how would you view that because uh, how would you kind of give mm -hmm. uh, you know people who listen to us the idea that their child does 
kind of learn something for themselves. Yes. So again, it's the decision of the student or the child what they would like to do. So an example I've got in mind is a student that wanted to do maths A-levels and IGCSI first. And they had no idea where to start. So we start off by researching what does it entail? How many modules are there? How much time do you have available? How many hours could we slot in a week for you based on all your other activities? How many hours do you want to put aside? So based on what they wanted to do, how much time they had, how much work they had to cover, we put together a plan in action, always led by them and their lives and what they want to do. And so we worked backwards and then decided, well, if we want to work at your pace and this is your lifestyle, then we'll get your exam in by, say, November. Is this something that you would like to do? Is this a goal that you want to commit to? So it's always been a two-way negotiation and guidance of, what you want to do, where do you want to do it by? And if something were to happen, we had some students, for example, that were going to write certain exams. There was a train strike. They couldn't write it. You know what? It's not the end of the world. We reschedule or we make a plan. There's always a solution, I think. And they've done their exams. It's no sign of failure on anyone. But the key word I would say is what does your child want? And we well, I certainly will make a plan to make sure that what they want, together with parents as well, depending on the age of the child, we can put it into action and we can make it a realistic plan that they will achieve whatever it is they want to do, exams, no exams, art and design, computer studies, whatever they choose in their heart. That's what we will assist with. You just mentioned also the collaboration with parents uh, yeah. when achieving the goals. So would you be so kind as to give us a little bit a background and an insight about how that works? Yeah. Look, the younger the child, the more uncertain they are. I mean, I remember my boys. One month they want to be a fireman, the next month they want to be a policeman. And then they want to be a doctor and then they want to be a nurse. So as they are finding themselves through puberty and that, they change their minds a lot. So I think the younger the student is, the more input and guidance they need from the parents. But by the age that they do their IGCSEs, they have a pretty good idea of what it is they want to do. And even if they don't, there are still so many um, guidance um, assessments we can do that will base their personality on possible careers. And the older they are, the more of a thought process they've had. Yes, parents can still play an input, but at the end of the day, it's what they want to achieve in life. So you could say that the older the student, slightly less input the parent could provide, but it does depend, depend on the family ties and the family relationships. But the younger the parent, definitely, the, more in, um, the younger the student, the more power we need from the parents and support and guidance, yeah. So you collaborate really strongly with parents, yeah. if I understand yeah. that well, right? And this is also our focus, right? That we say, yeah. you know, the more we are on board and each of the stakeholders is on board and they see how yeah. much we care about one another, the more we can actually uh, unravel again this kind of intrinsic motivation that we all have, but we may have lost mm -hmm. through conditioning. And uh, I, uh, I'm very interested because you come across as a very passionate uh, facilitator and we don't call our teachers teachers, we call them facilitators. Yes. Yeah. So um, what would you say are the key pillars for yourself to, uh, to 
to to call yourself a facilitator what 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 is the main what are the main criteria for for you to say then mm. you know teaching and learning is really working yeah wow that's a complex question um it, there has to be part of me that feels the passion and the love for what i do and the love for a human being no matter what age there has to be a care a genuine care about them and I don't know. I think a thirst for life, personally, for me. I don't know what the other facilitators have to say, but if I choose to see the goodness in everyone, if I see choose to see the kindness in everyone, that is my guiding force. I think. I think that's my guiding force. Yeah. And you know, Sonia, while you're uh, talking about that, I will never forget uh, what you did uh, at one of our residential weeks when you came along with T-shirts with a yeah. big card on them <laughs> for all of us, because yeah. this is what SPL uh, seems to be also for you. So yeah. uh, how did this idea come to you? And yeah, what... Uh, uh what the, the 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 words you know yeah that, uh, you know all <laughs> beyond limitation limitations from 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 yourself um before the the trip we were all getting ready to go and i thought you know what we are such a we are far away from each other but really a close bunch and i need to make a statement and the statement is really love and i thought and i actually walked into a store and i saw these shirts and i said that's it love that is our essence, love for one another, love for the students, love for what we do, just love for our environment, love for one another. I mean, it's just really, really based on love. And I thought, okay, at that point, we didn't have our SPL um, corporate shirt, which we do now. <laughs> so I thought, well, it'll be lovely if all the students arrive and they see love because that is it. You know, this is what we're all about. Um, yeah. And that's that's why I felt this love and this connection that I wanted us all to share. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and we are still grateful for that, Sonia. Yes. Really coming from the heart and one can tell. And even if we look at, uh, if I look at you now, one can tell that it's coming from within. And yeah. so we we feel so grateful for that. Yeah. Um, Sonia, um, we we talk about School Beyond Limitations as being a holistic education, yeah. right? So it's holistic and it's also entrepreneurial. Uh, how does that, uh, you know, how is that applied within um, the lessons and, uh, yeah, within the lessons? Yeah. Place? Well, with our mentoring sessions, which are one-on-one, -on -one, you get to know the students pretty much. And this is when you get to know what it is they want to do, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of them want to be entrepreneurs. They want to use their brain, their passion to make money in life somehow or to find where they fit. So it's by us using that information and then cherry picking whatever we're going to be focused in class to help them build onto that. So, for example, I have a 14 year old who's learning how to read trading online and I felt it was appropriate to do some graphs. So we did some graphs where they could, including him, see how trading works, etc. And then he had an opportunity to tell the others how he's learning about trading and how it's interesting for him. And he happened to get another one on board and then they started sharing and collaborating. So it's about finding what makes them excited 
and try to bring in as much of that into your lessons as possible. Nice. And you were talking now about collaboration yeah. and, and sharing knowledge and sharing, you know, all the insights. Uh, what do you think, how important is that for the growth of all the students and of course also of us as well, adults? How would you evaluate that? Yes, collaboration is not just about sharing, it's more than sharing. Um, you know, I always think of why sweat through creating the wheel if it's already been invented and all you've got to do is open your heart and say, yeah, take it, use it if you want to. Um, in the traditional sense of education, there has always been my experience, a certain temperament of this is mine and I close it up inside and this is my worksheet or this is my thought, this is my project, it's all mine and I want to get the glory. Whereas now, even if I create it and I say, this could be an excellent resource for graphs, this is an excellent resource for English as an additional language, whatever. There's no ego or sense of it's mine. This is ours. You want to use it? Bring it on. We can all use it. So it's about sharing our time, our resources. Um, and in a way, it becomes sharing our love. Because if something really works good for you and you're sharing, you are spreading your love in a way. Okay. That's how I see it. Beautiful. And you, you just touch upon also the collaboration within, uh, you know, um, among us, right? Also. Yes, us as professionals and the students. Yes. Um, the minute the students start sharing, there is a completely different kind of interest because now it's peer. It's now, hang on, is this 14-year-old launching his own T-shirt company? I'm 15, I can do that, or I'm 16, or I'm 12. So it becomes a different kind of um, inspiration, if I may use that. Um, and the same with when we have things like the hackathon or the boot camps, where the students will say, all right, I want to lead a cookery class. That's what I'm currently attending, cookery class. So, and they collaborate with some friends. So they say, right, what are we going to put together? Let's put together a menu. Let's put together an ingredient list, da, 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 da. And then we get together and there is from across the world, all this collaboration happening with instructions maybe coming from Germany and the you know, the pictures being put up of the pan, whatever, from, who knows, Sweden. And that is first world, first world education. You do not need to be stuck in a room behind a blackboard or whatever to be educated. You can be anywhere, anytime with any um, piece of information. It's up to you really how you take it and decide, okay, yes, this interests me or not. Or oh, this interests me, I want to follow this. This is what I want to look at in research. What do you do with students who may have lost? You know, I mean, we come across sometimes students who really have been already twisted by the traditional system in such a way that they have lost completely, you know, their connection to themselves yeah. and they don't find it interesting at all. And re uh, ex exploring again what is within yeah. themselves is probably not something, not probably, we know it's not something that happens from one day to the next day. No. Uh, it is a process. Oh, yeah, what, what, what would you say about this? <laughs> it is a process. And again, you start off by first speaking and finding out what has broken their spirits, so to speak. And many times I find it's being told they're stupid, they can't do it, they're not good enough, they're not worth it. 
and that is part of the reason, Martina, why I have got all these little beautiful creatures behind me, Winnie the Pooh. Every one of us, or every student, can identify with one of these characters. Our students might not admit it, but we get students that are depressed, that are withdrawn, that struggle to pay attention. There are so many different types of students, and yet we are all united. Winnie the Pooh and his friends are all one big family. So I, I usually like to start off by talking, 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 you know, sharing what made, what was it at the traditional school that made you feel no good or, or worthless, whatever. And then we go through the process of unpacking and yes, it does take time. And also I like to always ask them to share how they feel about certain things. And then, you know, we have got certain tools like meditation and mindfulness that we try and incorporate so that when they have those feelings coming up again, we provide alternative thought patterns and thought processes and start cha changing the way they look, you know. And yeah, it's really a, a, a process. It's not an overnight thing. But once you see the change, it's, it's really beautiful. It really is beautiful. Indeed. And it uh, sometimes just takes a little bit of patience also, yeah. right? And the connection and the love that you were talking about before. Yeah. Sonia, there is one uh, thing that may be seen as hindrance uh, for our school beyond limitation mm -hmm. setting, and that's the online. Yeah. You know, many people say, how can you do that online? Um, what would you say with regards to this uh, kind of, you know, uh, thought and reflection? If parents think their kids do not live in an on online world, they have a problem. And we can test it. Take away your electrical device from your child, be it phone, iPad, take it away in the evening and see what happens. Their world falls apart. They live in an online world. They live in an online world, totally, utterly. Most children, I was actually listening to a documentary today on Netflix, most children will prefer to be at home in their bedroom. At home, not to spend time necessarily with the family, but in their bedroom because they live in an online world. And I think we have got a perfect balance between online and then residential. So online, in a way, we get to know one another um, emotionally. You know, you can see as soon as you come on screen what kind of a, a sleep you've had. Uh, we get to know one another, um, I don't want to say superficially, but we get to know one another emotionally. We get to know your personality. And then when we meet, it's almost like it's the pinnacle of the whole person. And we meet often, believe it or not. I was just saying to my son this morning over breakfast, he says, Mom, you're going again. You've just come back. I said, I know, baby, but I'm looking forward to it. Because it, it's just like a pyramid, I feel. Online, you're building the foundation. And then when we get together, it's a peak. It's a peak of joy and closeness and unitedness and just friendship. And, and wow, I love it. I do. So beautifully said, and you know, I think we are coming to an end and um, by asking you, what are the three words that come to your mind when you think of School Beyond Limitations? Oh, happiness, freedom, and choices. Oh, 
Thank you so much, Sonia. It's Thank been you. a pleasure. And I would like to know everyone that we have such wonderful facilitators. If you would like your child to be part of our school environment and you would like your son, your daughter, be part of this and having such wonderful facilitators, then reach out to us. We are there and we will answer all your questions. Bye for now and thank you again, Sonia, thank for joining you. us. Thanks, Martina. Thank you. At School Beyond Limitations, we support our students find their unique essence. Feel free to share the content of this podcast with other parents. We are here to show that your children can, indeed, bring their unique essence into life. So, reach out to us if you think that this is what you'd like your daughter, your son to experience, or apply through our website. Also, leave your comments your questions or your review about the podcast share it with others and as you know sharing is caring